0: Welcome High Point Church. We're so grateful and honored to have you with us this weekend as we continue our series on joy. Now, this is something that we feel in our hearts that we're supposed to expound on because there's two things the Lord had asked me a question about at some time. Uh, It was two questions. One was, what are we known for as a church? And there were two things in particular that he said. We're known, we've become known as a soul-winning church and also for joy. He also asked me a question one time at another point. He said, what is different about our church and many other churches? And it doesn't mean all the churches are excluded to this. It's just, he said what is this church known for? And he said, this church is known for receiving miracles. Now, I don't think that we could be receiving miracles if we didn't have faith or joy. So joy is uh, something that we all need because in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 through 10, it reminds us that it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And so we need strength, especially in these last days. Did you all hear about the person who didn't have any joy in his life? Yep, he was addicted to brake fluid. He said he couldn't stop any time. Now, really, this is so important because joy is what is our strength, and and it's rooted in faith. And so when we take time to evaluate the joy of the Lord in our hearts, do we have joy? Because I have never met a person who is in faith but is depressed, who is struggling. So someone who has faith is going to have joy. It's going to be an automatic fruit, but this is something that we need to keep cultivating.
1: And if we look at James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So in other words, we're going to have trials in life. That's just a fact of life. But we need to choose joy while we're going through those things. Even when the enemy attacks, we can keep our joy. Now, why can we keep our joy?
0: Yeah, The joy is our strength. So I think about joy as something like this. So, as a vehicle, you need to keep gas in it for the most part. I know there's some electric vehicles and stuff like that. We need gas. And so if we start running out of gas, what happens? The car, you might as well just turn it off because you try to keep turning it over and over. It's not going to do any good without gas in it. So it's kinda, it kind of reminds me of Vic Victory and Terry Trial. Have you ever heard about Vic Victory and Terry Trial? Well, Terry Trial is someone was always struggling in life. And and the reason why I struggled is he wouldn't keep his joy tank, you could say his gas tank, filled with faith and joy. And if these are two things that we have to really watch out for as Christians. We have to make sure that our joy tank is full and that we have peace. Those are two things, like on the dashboard, you could say, of a vehicle, that we need joy and peace. If we don't have joy and peace, we're missing something very important, which is called faith. And faith is what overcomes this world, and joy is what help cultivate helps cultivate that faith to keep it strong. So Terry trial was someone who just never cultivated joy. And so he was always struggling in his faith to overcome the world. And so everything seemed like such a big mountain to him. So he would struggle, he would struggle, and he would struggle. All the time, And so he would drive his car real slow because he didn't have a lot of faith in it. So in his faith, faith tank, you could say. And so he was going 20 miles per hour one day and he came to this great big hill and he thought to himself, dear Lord, I don't think I can do this. I don't know, but at least I should try. So he starts singing hallelujah. He starts doing what he knows to do, uh, praying in the spirit. But you know, partway up the hill, he's he's already down the five miles per hour. Now he's got his foot out the door, trying to push his car. Now he starts crying, help, help! And of course, four to five good soul people, just wonderful people, that came up to help push behind. They push and they push and they push. It took all afternoon to get up that hill, but finally they got up to the hill. They're sweating. I mean, they're they're. Oh my goodness, they struggled. All afternoon, they finally get to the top of the hill, and they can finally cruise down the hill, coast down the hill, and he cruises into the joy uh, tank, you know, so he can get it refilled up. So he fills up to the, he pulls up to the filler tanks, you know, the gas tanks, and he fills, he pulls up to get some more joy in his tank. Well, he's exclaiming about how difficult that big hill was. He was just exasperated and challenged and he just, you just, it's so hard. And so finally uh, two days later Vic Victory comes along. Now Vic Victory is known for always keeping joy in his life. He kept his gas tank or you could say his faith tank full. He was always pumped up with the word of God. He was meditating the word of God. He kept joy in his life. He's singing along and all of a sudden he comes to this hill and he kind of puts a pedal down to the metal a little bit. He bumps it up to about 95 miles per hour and he's cruising right on up that hill, and he's saying, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me." He's cruising right up. Oh, he cruises, and he gets up to the top of the hill about 65 miles per hour. It slowed down to, and he cruises on down because there's something about victory. He always liked to keep his tank on overflow. He didn't want it to even get down to half empty. He wanted to make sure it was always full of joy. So he pulls into the fillers uh, station to get some more joy, and he's. Having a conversation with some of the people around the gas station there are the filler tanks. And uh, there's like, where did you come from? Well, I came from the south. And you know, I came up this big hill. And he said, Oh, my goodness, are you talking about that terrible, terrible, terrible hill that Terry trial went up? He said, what terrible hill that one where of course that's the hill but that's not a terrible hill he said oh my goodness that one takes all day just to get up it and he said oh no he said it took me maybe three minutes to get up it and so this is kind of the point that things it was the same exact problem but some people in life have more trials because they're not keeping the joy of the Lord as their strength they're not keeping their faith in their hearts to overcome the problems and the obstacles that we're all facing so we've got to make sure that we continue to remember at moments when it's getting difficult that God is our avenger he is our advocate he's our rear guard he is our attorney he is our mediator he's our soon coming king and the more we keep our eyes on the author and finisher of faith I'm telling you we'll come over any problem and mountain and situation that we face in life it really will not be as much of a problem as it is to someone who's not keeping the joy of the Lord as their strength amen
1: That's so true, and you know, we read in Romans 8, 28, it tells us, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So that means all things are working together, not just some things, but all things, even challenges, when we face them, we can pray and believe God to work these things out for our good. You know, you think about people in the Bible like Joseph. His brother sold him into slavery, and he went through a number of years of trials, but yet he kept a great attitude. Attitude through that, and he came out as the one of the leaders of the nation, keeping a positive attitude through that. You think about Daniel and the challenges he went through, and people who hated him and wanted to kill him, and tricked the king into throwing him in the lion's den. And yet, we see in that that Daniel came out alive. The Lord caused the, the sent the angels that the lions didn't devour Daniel. And he not only was protected in that situation, but he was promoted in that situation. Or you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they were thrown in the fiery furnace, but they were also protected and they were promoted. So you look at the goodness of God in the trials, the good that God can bring out of that when we keep the right frame of mind and stay in joy and stay in faith over these things. You also think about King David. Think about how uh, Goliath was... uh, just taunting the Israelites, and David came as just a young shepherd boy, and he stood up to Goliath and was able to be promoted in that moment that everyone else was fearing. David chose not to fear. Instead, he focused on the promises of God. He kept the joy of the Lord. He kept faith in God. He was strong in the Lord and the power of his might, you could say, and he came out not just defeating, de- uh, defeating Goliath, but even was eventually promoted to the being the king of Israel. Or you think about Jesus, our Lord and Savior, how he went through the cross, the the crucifixion, but yet he rose again and how his greatest weakness became our greatest strength, or you could say his only weakness he had there became our greatest strength so that we can ask Jesus into our heart and have eternity with him forever in heaven and what amazing power
0: there is in that. That's so true. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 reminds us, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to remember that Jesus is, is our victory, that he has already gone before us and prepared the way for us. That's why he said, when he said, on the cross, it is finished, he really meant it. Even though we are faced with challenges and tribulations, as John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, In me, you're going to have peace. But in this world, there's going to be tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome this world. In other words, we're going to face challenges. We're going to face problems here on the earth. But Jesus says, in me, you're going to have peace. So if we don't have peace and we don't have joy, that should be an indicator in our hearts that we're not in faith. So someone who says, well, I've got faith, you may have faith in your salvation going to heaven, but we've got to have faith in the promises of God, that all of his promises are yes and amen, that That's why Jesus said over and over, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Be of good cheer, son. Your sins are forgiven. Be of good cheer because when we have cheer on the inside or joy on the inside, things began to happen on the outside. That's why, like, Dan Cathy and Kent Mutar of Coca-Cola, Dan Cathy with Chick-fil-A, they have two. Mutar Kent. Yes, backwards. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, So there are two special ingredients that they they encourage in their workplaces, and that's to have fun. And to smile. They've de- proven that if there are sen- moments where people are being. Uh, a little hostile or rough around the edges. They can get people laughing, having fun. It'll break down the defense walls or defensiveness. It'll help uh, stimulate um, healthier thinking. So laughter actually releases natural tranquilizers into our life. It releases endorphins into our lives. It strengthens our NK cells, which is our natural killer cells, which fights off any bad bacteria. It also fights off cancerous cells. So laughter is medicine. And that's why the Bible says that it is medicine to our soul. When we laugh, when we take time to enjoy, to really incorporate laughter into our lives, when we keep cultivating that, it's going to help us to stay stronger in our faith. And so we want to make sure that in our marriages and our families, our relationships, that we're not being so serious all the time. We've got to make sure that we're taking time to laugh to have fun, to smile at each other, to make sure that if someone isn't having a good day, give them your smile if they don't have a smile on their face. There's things that we can do to keep a healthier relationship in our relationship with the Lord, but also with one another. And I think as we continue to keep our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith, as we continue to keep looking to the problem solver rather than focusing on the problem, before we know it, joy is going to cultivate on the inside of us because we'll start seeing things from God's perspective. And that's what God wants us to see. So if you send some tension, take some time to laugh. Uh, in fact, you know, If you've been around me long enough, you know that I'm going to try and incorporate some fun and laughter into your life if you've been close enough. So something that I heard once before, I've heard that, you know, we've been talking a lot about toilet paper, it seems like, on the news and so on. So if you really want to have fun, go to Walmart sometime this weekend, uh, next week, sometime when you have opportunity. Go to Walmart, go into the dressing room, bring all your family and friends, bring as many as you can. Go into Walmart, go into the dressing room, and then shut the door and yell real loud, Hey, where's the toilet paper? You know, the reason why is because, of course, that means, like, they think they're in the bathroom, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, they might think that you're from Beverly Hillbillies, but the thing is, is we've got to incorporate joy. Now, if you take that advice, just tell them some church down the road recommended it. Don't tell them that High Point recommended that one, but Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, it says, a happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A message, in the message translation, it says, a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom uh, leave you bone tired. So some hospitals, as you know, have been incorporating, implementing laughter. So they bring in clowns and they've proven already that there is a faster healing process for the patients that have laughter by clowns. So clowns have been implemented. Uh, they've also done all other studies where if they bring their patients out to simply watch children laugh and play, they have a faster healing process in them. So these are studies that have been done that have proven, in fact, those of you who know who Joel Olstein is, his mom, Dodie Osteen, years ago was sent home with two weeks to live with cancer in the body. Now, what she did, one of the things that she incorporated, not only in addition to meditating the word of God, meditating scriptures, and keeping a proper vision before her eyes, but she actually incorporated joy, laughter, she was intentional about cultivating joy in her life, we've got to do the same thing, in fact, just so you know, that your youth hormone is actually, it releases about 87% every time you laugh, that's why when you look at Amy and I, we really don't look 95. But I'm telling you, this is something that happens when you begin to laugh. Something happens on the inside of us, and it strengthens us. So the joy of the Lord truly is our strength. You're funny.
1: The more confident we are in God and his word, the more joy we will have you know, one way that we can um, practice our confidence in God, or I should say something that shows our confidence in God, is when we meditate his word and when we visualize his word happening in our lives. It is so important to visualize the promises of God. And actually, I would encourage you to take time each morning during your Bible time, each night before you go to bed to actually meditate some specific scriptures and visualize them happening in your life. You know, what the enemy would try to do is get us meditating and visualizing sickness and lack and disaster with the things going on around us, but God doesn't want you putting that Uh, as your visualization before your eyes. He wants you to focus on his word, his promises, and actually picturing great things happening in your life because of his faithfulness to you. In fact, even with what's going on right now, I would encourage you to uh, make a list of good things that you are believing to happen because of this attack of the enemy, you could say, that's something that uh, about a week or two ago, I thought, you know, with all of the things going on in the earth right now, I'm just going to make a list of everything that I'm believing to have happened. Um, that wouldn't have otherwise happened if this situation hadn't occurred. And so it could be things like decluttering your home, uh, cleaning out your closets. Maybe you haven't had time to do that. Well, use this as a positive experience to get your home decluttered or maybe bonding closer with your family. Maybe you've been recognizing that you haven't been as close with your spouse or your kids lately is what you know you should be or would like to be. And, you know, make specific plans of how to get closer to your kids. There are some things I've implemented and you know, we've already felt like we have a great relationship with our kids, but we're believing for that to become even stronger right now in some specific things that we're implementing to do with them during this time. And so I'd encourage you make a list of good things that can come from this rather than meditating the negative. And 2 Corinthians 2:14 says, "Now thanks be to God who always causes There always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So here's the key. Keep your joy no matter what is going on around you. Look at things to be thankful for God. Uh, thankful to God for and meditate his word. Be visualizing those things to keep your joy. You know, you may be thinking, oh, this has been a bad day or this has been a bad month. But think about Habakkuk chapter 3. and verse 17 through 19 in the Amplified, it says this, though the fig tree does not blossom and there and there is no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls. So it's sounding like they're Having not just a bad month, but a really bad year here, right? It says, but watch, or excuse me, uh, it says, yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exultation in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds' feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility. You know, so look at how this situation was bad, and yet they praised the Lord, and then they started seeing the victory. You think about even Job. He had a bad year, but the Bible tells us that the Lord brought him out with double what he had before.
0: This is really just a new covenant um, promise, and Romans 8, 28 reminds us that God takes and he works all things together for our good, for those who love the Lord, And that's your qualification. Do you love the Lord today? Because if that's it, if that's what you love is the Lord, then this is your uh, promise today that God's going to take and work all things together for our good. For those who love the Lord. So going back in history, talking about like Joseph, you know, you can tell that he kept a great attitude. Your attitude of gratitude will always determine your altitude in life. And Joseph, you could see that he kept a good attitude, even despite the situation and circumstances he was going through. And so you know that because at the chief butler and chief baker, when they were put in prison, he looked at him, he said, Why are you guys so sad? Now that meant something to those who are reading this because that lets you know that Joseph was not sad or think about um, you know David when he was asking several times to the people what did what did the king say that we'll get if we kill Goliath and they went on to say well the king said that you'll get his daughter you'll be tax-free kind of thing all these good things Uh, and he wanted to fix his mind his imagination not on Goliath but on the promises that were being committed at that moment. And that's exactly what Jesus did in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It reminds us that Jesus endured the cross because he could see the joy that was set before us. We've always got to keep life in the proper perspective. If you think about it, a lot of times people just they get so worked up about dying. You know, you're never going to really live until you're willing to die. We're all going to die. Over 150,000 people die today. Every second, two more people die. So we're going to eventually die. Your goldfish is going to die. Your flowers are going to die. The people around you are going to die. We're all going to die. But you're never going to learn to live, like Jesus said, unless you're willing to die. So what's the worst case scenario as a Christian? You know, we die, we go to heaven. Oh my goodness, like, win-win, like we're going to be absolutely beyond our wildest dreams when we go to heaven. So you might be thinking, well, I want to build my dream home. Well, this is going to be your dream of dream homes. Jesus has gone to prepare a beautiful mansion for you, a beautiful place where you will abide for the rest of eternity. Here's this great place. I love this story because there's a man that one died he died and he was revived later, but the fact was, is in the process of this whole thing, Jesus allowed him to see his home in heaven. He was overwhelmed with it. And he said that his home had real estate. It was a beautiful, gorgeous home. In fact, he said, in heaven, he said, his home had water. Water was the desire of his heart. It had water scenery. It had a mountain right in his backyard. He loved mountains. And things that were inside the home were things that he had like here on earth, but much nicer. And they were the desires of his heart. He was overwhelmed with things that he didn't even know were the desires of his heart. And Jesus said, he said these words to him, I know what my children like. I love it when my mom had passed on to be with heaven. I miss her, you know, but on the bright side, I get to see her one day. In the meantime, you know, I know she's having an amazing time. In fact, shortly after she passed on, my sister, my oldest sister, had a dream of her. And my mom's most beautiful gems that she loved here on earth were rubies. She loved rubies. She just thought they were such beautiful gems. And so when she got to heaven, she had this, you know, this encounter my sister did with my mom. And my mom said so enthusiastically to her, she said, my entire front door is made out of a ruby. So when we get to heaven, so worst case scenario, what if we were to die? we're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus. So we need to remember Jesus has a beautiful place prepared for us. Now eventually he's coming back. So whether we finish out our course here on earth, the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Acts that he finished his course with joy. So God's desire is for you to finish your course with joy here on earth. And that's When I think about a minister who went and had this encounter going to heaven, he said that Jesus said these words to him. He got up to preach. He wasn't just a teacher. He was a preacher at this moment. And he said, I'm going to get your mother. I'm going to get your father. I'm going to get your brother. I'm going to get your sister. I'm going to get your children. I'm going to get your daughter. I'm going to get your son. I'm going to get your grandchildren. And I'm bringing them home to be with me forever and ever. Let me tell you, on the other side of death is victory. In fact, the Bible says that death is swallowed up in victory. Worst case scenario, we get to go home to be with Jesus. We're in a win-win situation. But in order for us to really, truly be able to live, we have to be willing to die. Otherwise, we're going to live in fear for the rest of our life. And that's why Psalm 118 verse 24 reminds us that this is a day that the Lord has made. We should, we should rejoice and be glad in it.
1: So true. And, you know, we can see this confidence in the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians. You think about that. And this was when he wrote that book, that was one of the hardest times that he was going through. And uh, in that moment, he was talking about death because he knew there were people who wanted to kill him. And yet in that book, he tells us to rejoice or have joy over 15 times. All while going through this time of knowing people wanted to kill him. And so that should be a lesson to us. If he can go through that. Knowing that there were people after his life so seriously... And he can be telling us, rejoice, have joy in his moment of trial. Then we certainly should be choosing joy uh, through whatever we're going through in life. In Philippians 4.4, he says to us, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice means to brighten up, to be cheerful. In other words, put a smile on your face. You know, one thing we have learned is that you can't keep a praising person down. Just praise and praise until you see the victory manifest. You know, this is the key to future victories. In Jeremiah thirty three eleven, this is illustrated. It says, The voice of joy and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of all those who will say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For his mercy endures forever. And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise. Notice that doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Sometimes it is a sacrifice of praise. Into the house of the Lord, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. And if you look at that in the message translation, I love what this reads. It says, he is so good, referring to God. He is so good. His love never quits. As they bring thank offerings into God's temple, I will restore everything that was lost in this land. I will make everything as good as new I, God, say so. So Jeremiah shows us that as we continually offer the sacrifice of praise, God will bring us out better on the other side. Even if we're going through trials and face challenges for a while and things going on, when we praise, we are going to come out with the victory on the other side. As Ephesians 6 says, Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Be steadfast in God. Be steadfast in his word. Proverbs 6.31, uh, it refers to the thief. And it it goes on and it says that when the thief is found, that he must restore sevenfold. This is a scripture I never learned till later in my Christian walk. And I was so glad when I learned this scripture. Uh, When the thief is found, when the thief is caught, some versions say he must restore sevenfold. And we know according to John 10, 10, who the ultimate thief is in life, it is the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, the Bible tells us. So when we grab our faith onto restoration, if you've lost some things during this time, if... Uh, you've been lacking some things during this time, I want to encourage you to put your faith on God's restoration for your life and also put your faith on a double for your trouble. Isaiah 61 talks about believing God for double. And then, as I just read from Proverbs 631, you can believe if something's been stolen from you for sevenfold. In fact, one of the testimonies that we absolutely love is our pastor, Dr. Jerry Seville, Uh, he shared a testimony. He had actually learned this scripture about believing God for sevenfold from anything that the thief had stolen a number of years ago. And he gave a whole sermon on this once that we've heard that was absolutely amazing of restoration that God has brought him when he's believed God for sevenfold on things that have been stolen from his life. And he was telling that he had um, shared this message and one of the partners of his ministry wrote him a letter about something that had happened to him, and he said, this partner of Dr. Seville's ministry wrote to him and said that he had a beautiful, a, a classic car. It needed restoration, but it was an awesome classic car, and he had owned this, and he had been believing for the finances to restore it and didn't have that yet, but it was drivable, and so he said he had been driving it around, and one day the car got stolen, and he said he had heard Dr. Seville's message on believing for sevenfold if the enemy steals anything from you. So, So he said he took that scripture and started praying daily over that scripture. Lord, you know how much I wanted that car, how much I I enjoyed it, how much I wanted to restore it. But I just thank you that the thief has to restore sevenfold. And I thank you that you are bringing me out better than what I was before. And I just believe you for my sevenfold. And the man said he just kept praising God daily for that, saying, Lord, thank you for my sevenfold on that car that was stolen from me. And you know, a couple months later, it was like two or three months later, this man told him that one morning he actually woke up and the car was sitting in his driveway and it was fully restored it looked absolutely beautiful and he went out to the car the keys were in the ignition and there was a note on the seat of the car and it said basically this this man who had stolen his car said, I'm the one who stole your car. I have had a habit of stealing cars and restoring, stealing classic cars, excuse me, and restoring them. And he said, You had an audio in your car of this guy, and it was actually an audio by Dr. Seville. And he said, That audio was playing, and while I restored the car, I kept listening to the audio because the guy was really interesting to listen to. And after I listened to it a few times through, I asked Jesus into my heart. And I was almost done restoring the car. Kept listening to it. And he said, by the time I was finished, I knew that I couldn't keep your car. And I had to give it back to you. So your address was in the glove box. And here's your car. Hope you enjoy it. Now that is amazing. What a testimony. And so the ministry had contacted that man and got all the details about this testimony. But how awesome is God! That this man actually kept praising and believing, specifically meditating that scripture. And look what the Lord did for him. So I want you to think about whatever has been going on in your life. Any lack you've had, believe for double for your trouble. Keep your eyes fixed on God. If something's been stolen from you, believe for sevenfold and meditate that scripture. And trust God to bring you out better off than what you even were before.
0: You know, Ephesians reminds us not to be strangers of the covenant of promise. And so God has given us these covenant promises. The thing is, is are we getting into the word of God? Are we taking the time to discover what God has said in his word? Because if we do, then that becomes the roadmap to our success, our victory path. Thanks be to God who gives us victory in Christ Jesus And always causes us to triumph. And this is the key, though, is that what you said, that he kept his joy. He kept on praising. He didn't let Satan steal his joy. No one can steal your joy. And the one thing that we've discovered, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. Now, we'll close with this scripture. In Romans chapter 15, it says in verse 13, Now may the God of hope, this is our heart and this is our prayer for you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, And peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is our heart. That is our prayer for you. That in the season that we're coming through, we're not going to stay in it. It's only temporary. As the Apostle Paul said, it's like a light affliction. This is small in comparison to what we have ahead of us. Our future is so bright, you are gonna have to wear shades. Listen, God's got a bright future for you. He's got a future, He's got a hope. His thoughts towards you are for good and not for evil. God wants you to know His love for you. And the more you come to comprehend the length, the depth, and the breadth and the height of His love, listen, you become more than conquerors through Christ who loves you. So let's sink our faith deep into His amazing love, His amazing grace. Which means divine intervention and favor. And when we receive that, he becomes an all-star quarterback because in order to be an all-star quarterback he's got to have some great receivers and if you receive this today will you say amen right where you're at amen. let's take a moment and let's pray with those that have never made that decision to receive Jesus this is your opportunity the Bible says today is a day for salvation if you've never called upon Jesus Romans 10 13 says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved so today we're going to pray a prayer with. You. You. there is no distance in the spirit we believe in miracles here and we believe that miracles can transfer to right where you're at so let's take a moment let's pray this prayer out loud wherever you're at let's call on the name of Jesus together I'll lead you in this prayer you follow me in this prayer and I believe God will do a miracle right where you're at today would you pray this with us Heavenly Father
1: heavenly father forgive us forgive us of
0: all my sins of all my sins Jesus, Jesus come, into come into my heart. I accept you, I accept you as my Lord, as my, Lord my, Savior, my Savior, and my best friend. My best friend. Thank you, Thank you for, dying for dying on the cross for all my sins. For all of my sins. I, commit I commit my life, my life to, you to you now, now. And forever. and forever holy spirit holy spirit take my life, take my life and do something with it, do something in, something in, it. Jesus name. in jesus name amen. amen i believe you meant that prayer when you prayed it and the bible says that your name was written down in the lamb's book of life that means to be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord jesus who knows you might be our neighbor one day in heaven but we're so honored we're so grateful that you took a moment to pray that prayer now one of the most important things you can do is get plugged into a great bible believing church. Church. If you're within an hour even of High Point Church or even two hours, I know people travel even beyond that and have continued to travel. Many times for over the years, we've seen people traveling. There is, if there is a church that's alive, it's worth the drive. So we want to encourage you, even if we're within an hour or two of this church, would you consider giving us one year of your life? I promise you, your life will never be the same for the better. Now, we want to give you an opportunity to give today, and there's multiple ways that you can give.
1: If you're on our website right now, you can click the Give button and so online there. Or if you need to get to our website, you can go to highpointchurch.com. And then also if you're texting, you can text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the number 77977. And then also if you're mailing in a check, you can scroll to the bottom of our website and our church address is right there for you. We do want to thank you so much for being such generous supporters. We appreciate all of you so very much and how you allow us to do the work of of the Lord as a body of Christ here at High Point. What a blessing you all are as well as a blessing uh, for all of those of you who are joining us online. We appreciate your prayers and your kindness and all of your support. And also we want to encourage you, if you enjoyed the video today, please share it with your friends and family. We trust that it will be a blessing to them also. Until we meet with you next week, we pray God's favor, his grace, and his abundant prolific health over your life. God bless you.